Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice for Petersfield's Shine Radio and welcome to a special Growing Together programme from the RHS Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. Celebrating its 31st anniversary this year, the festival is the world's largest annual flower show and the first to be held since the start of the pandemic. The festival stretches over 34 acres with over 300 exhibitors and this year the emphasis is on the joy of wellness and mindfulness with nature being at the centrepiece. I spoke to the four designers of the inspired Get Started Gardens, small plots with achievable designs that are accessible for all gardeners to create. First, though, I met a Hampshire gardener who, with some new friends, had the opportunity to showcase a homegrown garden here at the festival. I've come to the Alitex stand here at Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. It's a gorgeous morning, the first day of the show here. And at the stand is a beautiful cutting garden created by Helia Bowling. Hi, Helia, how are you? Hello, good, thank you. Very excited to be here. This is your first time here showcasing at the flower show, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. I just grow flowers in my garden and suddenly I've got a show garden. It's the most brilliant thing. (laughs) Sounds like a dream come true, actually. (laughs) How did that happen? Well, I started teaching how to sow seed for a cutting garden classes and Alitex contacted me and asked if I would lead a team of volunteers to grow some flowers for Hampton Court. And of course I just said yes, of course I will. And then I realised what an enormity of a task it was. But we got the volunteers together, six volunteers from all around the country, sent them out some packs of seeds in end of March and started sowing. We hadn't met, so we spoke over a Facebook group and together we sowed and grew our seedlings for a show garden. Whose idea was it to get volunteers involved in helping you grow? the garden it was nelly at alitex's sort of brainchild and she just thought it would be a really lovely thing to have a community of alitex growers growing the garden and that's got to be possible and of course it is because actually these these seeds are not they're not difficult to grow and as you can see we were all surprised at what an amazing garden it's created from what was in a packet of seeds in march this year it's quite incredible actually it's lovely it's magical actually isn't it yeah. so how did you find your volunteers i think alitex put out a little message on their grow club forum asking for people to grow yeah. and <laughs> i think caroline you were the first to volunteer <laughs> weren't you we are joined by some of the wonderful volunteer flower growers. Hi Caroline, Hi how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Very, very pleased to be here. Um, and is this your first time showing here at Hampton Court? <laughs> well, being an absolute novice gardener, it's the first time that I've actually done anything gardening-wise. So, yeah, to be here amongst the real big professionals, it's just been just unbelievable out of this world (laughs) what made you answer the call to be a volunteer to grow flowers for this garden well since covid and lockdown i kind of got into gardening like a lot of people around the country so my poor little space in scotland which is where i've come from was quite neglected and didn't really have much love there so um, i had the time then to start growing and i kind of got into it and my friend was part of the alatex club so i thought oh what's that i'll join there and it's really handy the forum's great for people that don't really know much and 
people put in information and show you their gardens and then when the call came out I was like oh I'd love to be part of that and yeah they said yes so here I am. <laughs> That's amazing and actually I suppose the volunteers are they from all over the country Helia? Yeah so we've got Caroline in Scotland, we have Lottie in Oxfordshire and everyone else I think is from Hampshire. What we realised is that when we were going through the heat wave Poor old Caroline in Scotland was saying, there's no sun here. We've got rain and wind and cold. But seeing her plants, you know, Caroline's cosmos were the biggest cosmos out of all of ours. They're a metre high and about to flower. So it just shows that actually, you know, wherever you are in the country, with the same seeds. And that was what was nice, the balance of seeing everyone's plants I thought mine were going to be the smallest and I thought mine were going to be like teeny because of not having the heat and the sunshine. And it was nice to see that all of us could actually grow the same things no matter where we are. And, yeah. and it's all balanced, you know, even though it's green, my bits, some of it, <laughs> it'll come out soon. A cutting garden <laughs> should be that ebb and flow of not everything out at once because you want flowers all through the summer. So th- some things will be green. You know, so we've got cosmos that are still green. Well, that's fine because when those ones are at their peak, those ones will be coming up and that's great. So you've always got something to replace because I don't necessarily successionally sow. I sow once and then I'm done with sowing. <laughs> but if you keep on cutting these flowers, they will keep flowering all through the summer for you. A perfectly formed small seedling is just as beautiful as something that's in full flower, in my view. Now, did you all get the same seed packets or did you get a different variety? I think every one of the growers got the same. I probably grew slightly differently because I had either already started sowing and I had a load of seeds. And then I just said, well, we'll accept anything. Because someone (laughs) said, oh, my cornflowers turned out blue. Is that okay?" I was like, yes. And can I bring this? Yes, bring anything you like. So people just brought what they felt they'd grown well. It could be anything that, that filled the sort of brief of cut and come again, something that you would plant in your cutting garden. And did you support each other throughout your growing journey this year? Yeah, it was, it was really lovely. It was really nice to have the Facebook group. Um, we had a private chat group so we could kind of send in pictures and, oh my goodness, this hasn't germinated. And it was nice to hear other people were actually in the same situation because, again, being novice, it was like I felt a little bit inferior and I didn't know what I was doing and it's quite nice uh, to know that not in a bad way but to know that the others were coming across the same kind of things so yeah it was it was good and it was good to see when they put pictures up that oh mine are okay so but yeah it was it was good and it was really supportive when you know I was saying oh my goodness it's raining it's pouring and you were like it's scorching we're getting too much sun and extremes of weather and it's still the same just the difference. <laughs> it must have been quite scary travelling down with your, your babies <laughs> yeah. to, to put them I, into yeah. place here. I had to pack my car Tuesday evening because my journey was 11 hours driving so and in the heat in a black car and it was the space I had so many plants I had four trestle tables full of plants and they were quite wide and big and I was trying to move them and Get them squeeze in, them yeah. in and I was 
messaging Helio going, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're breaking. They're, they're falling. They're too tall. <laughs> and she was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It was okay. You'll be fine. And I managed to get 90 odd plants in the car and then the back seat as well. So <laughs> the dog was squished. The, the husband was squished. But the plants were fine. But the plants, <laughs> the plants had all the space. Priorities sorted, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can you explain what flowers you have growing here? You've mentioned cosmos and you've mentioned cornflowers. What else do you have in your cutting garden here, Helen? So, in addition to the cornflowers, we've got black and blue cornflowers. We've got salvia viridis, which is a clary sage, which that will flower all summer long. That probably will be the last flower standing at the end of the season. We've got calendula, we've got nasturtiums, statis. Looking around, we've got some sweet william from sowing last year actually because that's a biennial so it needs a couple of years we've got <laughs> snapdragons antirhinums we've also got bells of ireland now these are probably the hardest thing i sow tough cookies to germinate but those are my pride and joy <laughs> and ami magus and ami visnaga so there's two different types of ami the white one is the ami magus and the slightly limey green one is visnaga and then we've got other things that probably you'd find self-seeding in your garden, like Alcamilla mollis, which is the most fabulous cut flower. All of these actually are cut flowers. They are brilliant in vases. They keep flowering the more you pick. And the other thing we've got is catmint, so Napita. That's another one that is lovely that you normally have in your garden and is really lovely in a vase along with all these flowers. And then over on the other bed over there, we've got sort of more late summer flowering things like dahlias, cosmos, verbena bonariensis, and this lovely fountain grass, panicum, sparkling fountain, which comes out when the dahlias come out and they look beautiful together. And I guess as the week goes on, there will be, like you said, more flowers coming up. There will be more flowers coming up. So we've got our path through so we can deadhead. You always want to be able to get into your border so you can deadhead because once the flower has gone over, it sets seed and it's, it's sort of telling it, oh, I'm going to die. And actually, if you cut it off, it will replenish and send up new shoots of flowers. So we'll be deadheading every day, watering every day. And I think actually these flowers are loving the sunshine. They really are. They look really, really happy here. So what happens to the plants when the show is over, are you taking them back home or They're do you give them away? to a charity that Alitech supports, the William Waits Memorial Trust. And it's a, it's a really lovely charity to support some young adults that are really needing a little bit of a boost that kind of maybe haven't had a good start. Will you continue your growing journey, do you think? Oh, definitely. This has just been the most amazing time. I'm loving it. This is my kind of style of planting too. It's like my garden at home just put it in and see if it works and if it doesn't it can be moved this week we've moved things and changed things and lifted and put back in so yeah it's definitely definitely will do yeah it's it's been lovely and do you think you'll continue as a group together i would hope that we do keep in touch but i think because we're so far apart and if we were given the opportunity again i would scream shout pull everything to do it so yeah and i think we've really worked together being strangers exactly. not knowing each other we've come from such different backgrounds and everyone just kind of pulled together and got stuck in it's been wonderful it really has been i know actually i mean as a team given that we had only met about a month ago at chelsea i mean we were a great team everyone had the same sort of view on the vision didn't they and as you said it's kind of like our garden 
us. And so actually, we've put a little bit of our own gardens into this. And yeah. I think we've all, we've loved it. We've loved the building. And Greek decisions have actually been very easy because... Yeah, there hasn't been any... There's no disagreement. Oh, no, no. You know, we've all it's had the been, same vision, yeah. which has been wonderful. We just want to make it look beautiful. Yeah. And have you had many people come up here to talk to you about the flowers and about how you've we grown have. them? We have. We had loads and of people loving it and saying how they feel that they could actually do this in their own garden because you know we've got small beds here that anyone could do in a small garden that you could grow a few flowers you don't need lots of flowers in order to give yourself tons of flowers all summer and so people really have sort of they've seen that from this that it's yeah. achievable it's not just a show garden it's that's, something that's that you could nice. do yeah we had comments that when people were passing whilst we were doing it and they couldn't believe it wasn't a standalone show garden yes. because of how beautiful it was and, and to hear that from other designers as well yeah. that have kind of walked past and said it's really looking beautiful some of the gardens are not achievable at home but this is so achievable that they can take back with them how how to create this so yeah. it was, yeah. look out for next year i get a feeling <laughs> well, we we'll have a community it. show garden i think it's a great idea it's a lovely way to garden because particularly if you're just starting out it can be a bit nerve-wracking you don't know what to do you've got a seed yeah, packet and you've got really some compost but to have that support yeah. what a lovely way yeah. to garden yeah. it's been wonderful to meet you both thank you so much thank you very much it's been a pleasure thank you. Thank have you. a lovely day I've come down the Get Started garden sections and this is the Wooden Spoon Garden I'm stood outside at the moment. It's a really interesting, inspired garden. And can you introduce yourself and what inspired the garden? So I'm Lucy Welsh. I'm one of the co-designers of this garden and the category is aimed at influencing and suggesting people who haven't got any horticultural knowledge to become interested. So the inspiration for us was to create something that was low maintenance, that was easy to install and with accessible plants, nothing particularly different, um, everyday plants. And so we wanted to create something that didn't have a lawn to sink the terrace to give you a bit more privacy and seclusion but our sponsor is the wooden spoon trust who create gardens for children at schools who have disadvantages and are on the autism spectrum so it has been designed not only as a, a everyday garden but also as an outdoor classroom so you can go in there and sit down and feel immersed in nature and to feel secluded and yeah it's a, it's a lovely space got some lovely touches in it i particularly love the wooden spoons being used yes. as a bird feeder yes what a lovely idea thank you oh, yes so it, it, it's a fun thing i mean i don't suppose it's particularly squirrel proof but <laughs> uh, as a gimmick for the wooden spoon trust we thought it was a fun element to the garden and something that's actually quite achievable it's just a piece of wood with a wooden spoon drilled yeah, in it's nice and simple it's, it's really actually. simple and that's what's so lovely about this garden it looks simple it looks inviting thank you congratulations you thank won you. a silver gilt silver award. gilt and the best construction award in the category lovely to meet you thanks so much thank you. thank you thank you so continuing down the get started road i have come to the lunchtime garden hi there my name's imogen perro calf and i'm from the inspired earth design team there's three of us that have designed this garden it's called the lunch break garden and it was inspired by the fact that so many more of us now are working from home and I think you know during the pandemic we were all sort of forced to work from home and trying to sort of make that work and then now I think that we've had a little taster of how lovely it is actually to sort of have a studio in the garden and work from home or even be inside and um, this garden really is a response to how we can provide
create a beautiful green sanctuary in our gardens so that we can actually enjoy taking some time away from the desk and just reveling in, in the beauty that nature can bring really. There's a lot to be said to just step outside your door isn't there and take in just even for five minutes a little walk around your garden a little sit down to oh, stop and it's been very interesting to see what's come out of that. Can you explain what your garden has in it please? Yes so um, going back to your point actually on um, taking time and sort of being out in the garden to enjoy it we've we've used this garden to sort of create a bit of a mini sanctuary so we've got water in the garden which provides a really beautiful sound as you go in and it's it's almost the focal point for the garden so it leads you and draws you in and we've also got some jasmine which climbs up the wall which is lovely and scented and we've used because this garden is really aimed at the new gardener okay so we wanted to make it really approachable and we wanted to make it very doable for people that don't know much about plants have never maybe gardened before or have got their first garden so we've actually only used eight herbaceous perennials throughout the garden and showcasing that actually just by having those eight you can then learn the skills required to look after those eight they look fantastic in a in a garden all together and then once you've learnt the skills that it requires so you've got deadheading you've got cutting back you've got leaving for winter interest you've got some which actually you want to keep all over the the winter and then cut back in the spring so there's lots of different tools that we've provided and it also yeah it's very bright and colorful and hopefully makes you feel very happy the colors themselves you've got purples and you've got oranges you've got some yellows in there and of course the gorgeous greens until you said there are eight different varieties of plants in there i would never have guessed that's incredible what an amazing thing and actually how simple once you know how yeah exactly and, and that was the idea we just wanted to show that you know it doesn't have to be overwhelming choosing your plants just um make sure that you stick to a really strong palette we've mixed our herbaceous in with grasses and actually the grasses really help to sort of diffuse the intensity of the colors they help to also blend between each perennial that's a flowering perennial and they sort of help you to give that feeling of sort of slightly more wild but they really hold their form beautifully above everything and they're quite easy maintenance plants as well, aren't they? Good to start off with something like that. Exactly. I mean, that's a perfect point. They are so easy um, grasses. We've got some that are evergreen and therefore they will continue looking like that all winter. We've also got some which will turn a lovely golden orange. And so therefore you can, you know, they change in the seasons and then you cut those back. So we've got our grasses do have different purposes as well throughout the garden, but they're very easy. It's a beautiful garden, Imogen. Thank you. And congratulations. You've received a gold award. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, we're absolutely over the moon thrilled thank you so much continuing down i have luckily bumped into sue kent hi sue how are you hello i'm fine i'm very relieved now all the the hard work's over yes i imagine how long has it taken you to put the garden together two and a half weeks wow and have you enjoyed it i have i've especially enjoyed the build bits it's been really interesting it's my first time to see how it builds up into such a wonderful thing at the end and you can't quite see it at the beginning it looks stunning i'm so glad you're pleased with it and you have got yourself a silver gilt medal congratulations thank you very much i'm so relieved because my team worked really hard and you know it's it's as much for them because you know they've done this sort of thing before and i didn't want to let them down now your gardening journey has been a very interesting one and this is the get started section what what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out gardening just starting out gardening keep it simple keep you know not too many plants but repeat them so you really get to learn how that plant works before you move on to other plants Um, always have fruit trees and uh, always have herbs and don't necessarily set everything in stone to begin with don't rush into it so don't lay a patio in concrete you know that you can't this this you can move around if you want to so that you know you might get it wrong to start with and if you're moving into a house 
house that you haven't, even if you are a, a gardener who's gardened for a while, don't do anything for a year. See what's there. Everything's always hiding away. And see where the sun goes. So patience. There's a lot of emphasis now on natural gardening and rewilding and enjoying the garden for, for its yeah, naturalness. So I, I have done like a very much a wildlife environmental garden, but in a very structured form. So I've got bee accommodation, I've got bird boxes, I've got plant-friendly pollinators, but a lot of them are quite bristly, but I've chosen ones that are soft because I have to get so close to the plant and it's, it's proven successful. But, you know, I'm doing it in a very much a, a formal garden way, but in a wildlife eco way. So I think it's showing that you can do it without being all sort of too wild and wonderful and that's a great mix thank you very much sue it's lovely to talk to you lovely to talk to you well the last garden is turfed out and i'm here with designer hamza adam desai hi hamza congratulations you've won a silver for yes. this garden yes uh, that's a great achievement so i'm really chuffed with that is this your first time here at hamza? it is my first rhs show garden yes fantastic so you're just starting out too but on your show garden journey yes so um, i was still at college when i was told that i'd be doing a garden here so i graduated in december so yes so just starting out myself as well it's all very exciting to have this uh, at the start of your career. That's brilliant. Now, can you explain a bit more about the garden? Because it is a get-started garden, so it's for new gardeners. And this is for, for new-build homes as well. Yes, so the idea is is that um, all new-build homes are pretty much identical gardens. So you have a big, expansive lawn, a tree at the back of the garden, and um, a very impractical patio, which is right towards the house. So if you're new to gardening, or maybe it's your first home with a garden and you're not very sure what to do, you can take out the lawn because it's uh, very impractical to have a big lawn and to keep watering a lawn which is not sustainable and replacing it with a very simple gravel garden and repurposing the paving as a stepping stone path through the gravel garden. So you're repurposing what you already have and not spending any money. And if in new build homes you find a lot of stones which have been left after the landscapers uh, have put the lawn down, you can then use that as your gabion fill. So I have a gabion seating bug hotel in my garden. And what I've actually done is I've used all the fill from different people's gardens here at Hampton Court. I've used the edging of my fence to create my bee boxes and I've used the canes from the plants um, for solitary bees. And the whole gabion has cost me zero pence, the gabion fill. I'm telling people that they can do that and I've done it myself, so I know it's possible. So, you know, speak to your neighbours. They might have things that they don't want, they want to get rid of. There's lots of things that you can put into a, a gabion fill and it's about zero to landfill. And all the plants in the garden are drought tolerant once they're established. So that's the other really important thing. And also to show the sort of colour that they can achieve in their their garden with drought tolerant planting because I think this is where we're heading in gardening where our future lies uh, in terms of our sustainability the climate and you know we have days where you have to water the garden twice a day and if you're like me you're busy just don't have the time to do that so it's, it's good to start thinking about using some of these plants a lot more in our gardens. What examples of, of drought-tolerant plants do you have in your garden? So there's lots of grasses in here. So there's Steeper tenuissima, I've got some Calamagrostris, um, Steeper gigantea. I've got lots of different types of verbena in here as well. For example, I've got verbena bonarensis, I've got verbena lollipop, verbena rigida, there's also verbena bampton. So there's a few different verbenas to choose from and they're quite beneficial, not just for insects, but um, especially the bonarensis and the lollipop for birds. 
and sparrows use the steeper tufts to line their nests in winter. And then I've got your really good stable plants, things like a rigeron, which will self-seed. And I think if you're new to gardening, self-seeders are invaluable to increase your plant stock. And then I've got lots of different varieties of salvia. So you don't have to have the same, you can play around with um, different cultivars in the same genus. And there's lots of salvias which are drought tolerant. I've got oryngiums in here as well. And then I've got my usual, I've got thyme, sage. So there's herbs in there as well. Chives, which would work perfectly in a gravel garden. My herbaceous perennials, I've got things like agapanthus. I've got some napita in there and obviously lavender as well, but the angustifolia, which is more hardier. And I've got achillea, and that comes in a wide range of colours. Uh, and then I've got your plants like Echinops retro, which is blue. I've got the perovskia as well, so I've got the blue spire. So you just need one of that, and it turns into a really nice shrub. Some of these gravel garden plants look really great in the evening light as well. The colours take on different hues as the day progresses. So, yeah, and I've got, obviously, the scabiosa, perfect alba, cudo white. And then your shrubs, you know, you can use choicea. I've got some pines, which are suitable for gravel garden. I've got the santalina, the artemisia. So the thing about a gravel garden is that you have a bit of artistic license to play about with the plants. Just, if you go to the nursery, put a few plants together, and if you like something, uh, the combination, go for it, just do it. That's great advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Many thanks to all the amazing gardeners and designers I spoke to at the RHS Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. And a massive congratulations to Helia Bowling and her fellow volunteers for being awarded five stars for their Alatex garden. Thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, you can call 01730 or email team at shineradio.uk. Happy gardening. Could you be the welcoming face of a famous Petersfield hotel, bar and coffee bar? The Old Drum is now recruiting front-of-house staff to work in its historic Chapel Street premises. If you're experienced in hotel, bar or cafe work or the hospitality industry, then the Old Drum can offer you mixed shifts with sociable hours and no late nights. You'll need to be responsible and reliable. Pay is competitive. You'll be trained in barista work. And there's a choice of full or half-time roles starting immediately. Contact Maria at The Old Drum for more information or send your CV to info at theolddrum.com. 